I provided a guest training for him and on his website, instead of spelling my name correctly, S-C-H-R-A-M-K-O, he spelled it S-H-R-A-K-M-O and it ended up being Shrakmo. And when I brought it to his attention, instead of him saying, oh, look, we'll get that changed. <laughs> no, no, not John. He sent me a sales letter. He sent me a, an email, a very long email, which was essentially a sales letter, convincing me that Shrakmo is by far a better name, that I should change it for the benefit of myself and also future generations. And it was this classic Carlton thing. This is James Shramko. James Shramko here. Welcome to episode 1000. Yay, this is a, a big celebration episode, of course. We have uh, reached the 1,000 milestone. Let's have the, the champagne and uh, streamers. Maybe we don't have the champagne after one of the recent episodes at least uh, that I did with James Swanwick about not drinking so much. Anyway, in this episode, it's uh, just me DJing today. I'm going to be sharing with you some of the highlights from the podcast over the years. We'll have a look at the history of it. Some of the takeaways that I got, I'll answer a few questions that I got when I posted about this episode coming up, and we're going to hear from you the listener. I've got some submissions which I'm going to play and we'll just see where this goes. It's going to be a lot of fun, so stick around. If you have one of those rare listeners who's listened to every single episode, then you are certainly going to have a walk down memory lane. If it's your first time here, well, uh, welcome to the party. This is uh, the 1000th episode. There's a few episodes prior to this that you might want to catch up on. It could take you a while. The history of the podcast. Let's start there. Of course, it wasn't always the James Ramco podcast. Back in the day, it was called Internet Marketing Speed. And then it became Super Fast Business. And then it became James Ramco. So, you know, if you're in the online space long enough, you'll go through various iterations. But interestingly, it wasn't the first way that I got into podcasting. I actually was a guest on someone else's show. There was Timbo Reed and Lukey Luke Moulton had this show called Small Business Big Marketing. And they invited me to be a guest. And I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know how it worked. This was a long time ago. And I showed up, uh, apparently I, I dialed in and they were in a radio studio and they recorded this thing and then it came out later. I didn't know if it was live or pre-recorded. And uh, that was great. It got such good feedback. A lot of people were interested in my program after that. I was switched on to the power of the podcast. And then a little bit after that, Tim came to me and said, Jimbo, would you like to start a podcast with me? I'm like, well, how does it work? And he goes, okay, well, he sent me over a guide and my team put together a WordPress site and we called it Freedom Ocean. Tim named it and it was wildly popular. And what I realized then is I could actually go back to my own blog where I had been publishing audio as just in a player and submit it to Apple iTunes and then it could be listed as a podcast as well. So I actually retrocasted my podcast. So there you go. That's the history of it. We're going to actually have a look at some of the episodes that I've produced uh, in the time that I've been online. And the first episode that I actually recorded, episode number one, is from uh, about the middle of 2009. So if you can think about that, it's almost 14 years ago. I was uh, sitting there in a hotel room with John Carlton. And, you know, he's a big, famous name, copywriter. And I asked him after dinner, I said, could I record an interview with you? And I took up my little recording device. I stuck it on the table. This is before iPhones even. Stuck it on the table 
and uh, just between us and we just chatted. And I, I think it'd be fun just to listen to the first words on my podcast. Here we go. Hello, this is James Shramko, and today I'm talking with John Carlton, who is an expert at copywriting. Uh, welcome to the interview, John. Glad to be here, James. First off, I think it would be a good idea just to cover a little bit about who is John Carlton, because I'm sure you'd be familiar to anybody who's at an elite level with their marketing business, and uh, I'd like to introduce you for people who may not have already heard of you. Could you give us a little bit of background about your story? Yeah, real briefly, I uh, got into the business from being... Oh, I'll, I'll stop it there. That's pretty painful. How bad is the audio quality back then? That was well before we had a good microphone. And of course, it was audio only in the beginning. John was a kind sport, very uh, humble of him to accept that interview request. And you can see I did not much research or preparation, zero, like probably for the first seven or eight years, no research or preparation. And I was asking the guests to tell us all about them, a very lazy question. Hopefully, I've improved a little bit over the last 14 years. But this is actually the first time that I've gone back and listened to my old episodes. I actually don't even listen to my podcast because I was there when I recorded it. So, I mean, why? I'm focused on the next one. You know, I've got podcasts in the bank and I always know what's coming out just before the audience does. But when we publish an episode, usually that was a few weeks ago. So, you know, I'm on to the next thing. So this is really very interesting. You're going to get a couple of my reactions as we go through this. That was episode one. The next one here I want to share is episode 34. This is with Noah Kagan, who forgot we were recording and he was eating his breakfast at the time. So let's have a listen to this one. I think that's what separates you versus others, James, is that you came and you said, hey, you know, I don't subscribe and fuck AppSumo and all that. And you didn't say that. But you know, <laughs> those things. And you said, hey, if I have an RSS feed, I, you know, do something about it. And I think people miss that every single customer is valuable. Well, not all of them. You could fire some of them. Like we did the guy who returned 2000 But I don't think people are hungry enough these days, right? And what I mean by that is that like, you know, we have hundreds of thousands of people and blah, blah, blah. But I still give a shit about you, right? And to me, it's like, it's each individual person that, that makes a difference. And so I feel like everybody who's running their own business needs to say, let me make one of my customers happy today. Or if you even meet one of them, like I'm going to make sure that I treat you well. And I feel like so many people don't let that slide. Well, there we go. Uh, that was a bit awkward. Uh, so we, we had this sort of uh, sticky situation where I had indicated to Noah you know, that I loved his unsubscribe page. It just shows you that even very early on in my podcast, I wasn't afraid to go where some people probably wouldn't. I just say it how it is. My audio quality was okay. I often had issues with the guest's audio quality. Obviously, they didn't put the same amount of attention into having good audio. That was a recurring theme. And to this day now, We've actually lifted the standards. Uh, when we have a guest that the audio is not good enough, sometimes we won't publish the episode. So we have a minimum standard. And of course, with video, the whole bar has raised. And of course, internet connections have improved substantially. There were certainly times when I didn't have good internet. And there were often times when I was recording in a car or a hotel or a lobby. I remember one with Dean Jackson was in a lobby. It was particularly noisy. I did one in a car after coming back from Entreport, Entrepalooza's event. And it was, uh, you know, there's, there's road noises and stuff. I uh, did ones with Ezra out in the field as well. So uh, let's just uh, have a look at the next one. We'll, we'll skip forward a bit to episode 428 with Michael Port. I think this was a really valuable lesson. If we feel that we can accomplish the things that we want to accomplish, and that's self-efficacy, and if we have a high level of self-esteem, well, then we're confident. And then 
if we're confident, we are much more willing to go after what we want fully. And sometimes we need to act as if. And acting as if is a very powerful imagination technique that you can use tactically to put yourself in a position that might make you nervous. You know, you step into a new leadership position or step into a new sales position. You need to act as if you are comfortable there, as if you are making the right choices. Because if you act as if you are someone who continues to question themselves, uh, who doesn't believe that they are worthy of that moment, then you won't be worthy of that moment. So performance is such a big part of all of the different things we do on a daily basis. I want people to understand how to intentionally leverage performance skills. Isn't that profound? You know, I often get feedback from people saying that that's something they listen to in the podcast made a difference to their life. I feel like that's an example of one of the episodes where me as the host, I'm taking all this information in firsthand. What an incredibly important information about performing and having confidence. Here's one I did from uh, episode 442. The concept of Ikigai is the Japanese meaning reason for being. Everyone, according to the Japanese, has an Ikigai. Finding it requires a deep and often lengthy search of self. And I think that's why it's so elusive for many people. Such a search is regarded as being very important since it's believed that discovery of one's Ikigai brings satisfaction and meaning to life. It's also referred to as a reason to get up in the morning. So if you think about where you're at right now in your life, do you think it's possible you haven't put enough time into having that deep and lengthy search of oneself? That was the most popular download episode. I think it was the first one to crack 10,000 downloads. It was me recording an episode by myself. I didn't do that very often. I haven't done many of those episodes. It was interesting to hear that. The other thing is that I had the team research this concept. I picked up the concept from a friend of mine who invited me to a Maldives mastermind, Jiro, and uh, a lovely guy, and he introduced me to this concept. He's part Japanese. I love the idea. I published this episode. I mean, years later, I found out from another client of mine that that concept has been distorted and westernized. So I did a follow-up episode on that down the track. But that was also widely copied in the market. I don't think many people were aware of Ikigai until that episode. And then there was a lot of people trying to knock off that search engine result. I was ranking number one forever. In fact, just in general, I was often in the top 10 podcasts when I started publishing the podcast 14 years ago because there wasn't much competition. There is now so much competition that it's, it's rare that I'll crack the top of the charts for any of this. I'm not, a, not as good at marketing or promoting the episode as some of the other marketers out there. I'm not as famous as some of those people. However, I still chip away and we have a fantastic loyal listenership. I think at this point we are somewhere in the realm of, uh, I'm just actually going to check this so that I'm being accurate. Yeah, we're sort of nearing in on the 5 million podcast downloads, which you know I think is notable. There's certainly people with tens of millions of downloads, but I feel like there's been enough downloads that we've had a little bit of an impact at least. Uh, let's go to Eric Hinson in uh, 528. This was the first time I really heard a concept explained in a different way. You know, you hear this term hero's journey and people think, you know, oh, I'm the hero. I'm helping the customer. Well, no, you're not the hero. You need to be the guide. You need to be the one solving their problem and showing them and casting a clear vision and a solution for your customers as to why you're 
going to be helpful. So it's really important to dig in, kind of know your mission, know your values, know why you exist, ask yourself some of those questions. So what a great reframe on the hero's journey. It was um, making yourself the guide instead of the hero. It was a really um, sort of profound piece of information that was helpful. Here's one that I think has possibly had the greatest impact in my life of all the episodes. And this is episode 529 with Nam Baldwin, and he's explaining how to deal with uh, things mentally. And um, the reason I was particularly impressed with Nam is he has trained world champion surfers. You know I like surfing. And he was introduced to me by a great client and friend, Brenton Ford, which I'm very grateful for. But his explanation just stuck with me. I still think of it every single time I paddle out in, let's say, life-threatening or life-critical situations, Nam Baldwin's advice is still in my mind. It's that powerful. Keep it neat, neat being the acronym. It's normal that you're going to have a little bit of a, a rise in emotion when what you just said is happening in your experience. In fact, expect it. So normal, expect it. Then just accept it, that that is what may happen from time to time. But then tidy it up. Don't dwell review, but don't dwell. Because if you dwell on it, you're just building the same pattern that will then become a habit every time it happens. There you go. Neat. Normal. Expect it. Accept it. Tidy up. I carry this advice to this day. So thank you, Nam, for that wisdom. Then uh, we had a poem. There was that time we had a poem on the show. I went Vishen Lakiani in episode 580. I'm going to share this poem with you. There was a time about a couple of years ago when I was really stressed out. I had my book coming out. Mind Valley was growing. I was the CEO of a 160 person company. And I called up Sri Kumar Rao and I said, Rao, I'm breaking down. I really need your advice. And he says, Vishen, I'm going to read you a poem. And he read me this poem and it immediately shifted me. I want to read that to you guys now. If you guys have been going through this similar phase, the poem is this by Rumi. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of distress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me without pain. From this, I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. There's a great secret in this for anyone who can grasp it. That's it. That's the poem. It's just four lines. What that poem made me realize is that when we can tap into ourselves, when we can truly listen, what we want is looking for us, is attracting us. In short, We're getting an impulse. We're getting an insight that's coming not just from our logical mind, but from a deeper level. And when we get this impulse, what Rumi is saying is that don't chase it. Take steps right towards it, but don't stress. Don't chase it. When you chase it, your days are a furnace of distress and anxiety. But when you sit in a place of patience, recognizing that what you want also wants you, it flows to you without pain. Amazing. Imagine that. It makes me think of the lottery line, actually, people chasing that thing, but it's never going to come to them. Imagine that the thing you want is actually looking for you too. I think of that when I'm in the surf. Instead of chasing around frantically looking for that wave, sometimes the wave just comes to me and and it reminds me of that poem, Divine Wisdom there. 587, this one was interesting. This is what I would characterize as uh, not a famous guest. I have a lot of not famous guests on my podcast. Of course, with cherry picking some of the names you do recognize. But there's also, you know, I've been really pleased to have a platform where I can bring students, where I can bring clients to the public forum and to lead by example. 
even if their results aren't what you're going to see in a big shiny commercial, they're not going to be on a screaming on a sales page. But these humble results, these doers, these people who come on board and get results, I love to showcase what they've done because I think it's a great example and it's a case study of what is potentially possible for other people listening to the podcast. So here's SJ Meeson in episode 587. Can I be really cheesy? Sure. Can I just say that, um, and this is probably going to make you go, <laughs> but um, a lot of it has been your help. And um, I have to say that a lot of it has been down to God as well. Like he has just been amazing. And whatever strategy you've given to us to do, James, it's been amplified. And that's how we've managed to reach 30,000 women in like just over a year. So thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to learn from you and to give me strategies that we've then been able to implement and then have been able to been amplified. It's been been really amazing. And thank you so much for your awesome community. There you go. So uh, myself plus God on the team winning combo. Actually, it wasn't the first time we'd heard about God on the show. I remember Perry Marshall said that uh, divine intervention caused him to seek out the work that he was doing. So it's really interesting speaking to different characters, different age, different colours, different religions, et cetera, and finding out these different perspectives. I I think that's one of the most fascinating things and to broaden your perspective and to take on other points of view. So that was good. Now, Ryan Levesque, 588, this guy, what a dynamo. He uh, is someone I had the pleasure of coaching from that transition period between $1 million to $10 million revenue. I was one of the people involved in that process. I know he has multiple people that he works with in different disciplines. That's one thing I've noticed about this guy. He wants to be the best student. And if he wants to learn how to be fitter, he'll get a fitness coach. He wants to learn the online space. He'll get someone to help with that. So very specific. Uh, He'll seek out someone and he works very strongly with uh, the person he's getting guidance from. And no bones about saying that he got help, which is, again, a lot of people are too scared to say, I need help. So let's have a listen to what Ryan said back on episode 588. You have been you know, one of the most instrumental or impactful mentors that I've had in that process. And I still remember the first time when you and I had our first call together and we were introduced uh, by a mutual friend and gosh, I think it was, uh, you know, the program I had signed up for was like a 30 minute welcome call or something like that. And you just kept listening to me for like two hours on that first call, just me like rambling with all the thoughts going on. And that was the start of you know, a really special relationship. You know, you were super, like I said, impactful and instrumental in helping me in this journey. Yeah, look, I'm a very good listener, that's for sure. <laughs> but what a, what a bright beacon, uh, a very clever guy, and no surprise that he went well. John McIntyre was a guest in episode 591, and he was actually sharing some information uh, about how to deal with negative factors when things aren't going your way. And again, very useful. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to cop a few metaphorical punches to the face. So let's have a listen to what advice John had. If you need to buy a Lamborghini or buy a house or go to Richard Branson's Island to feel happy, your happiness or your satisfaction or your fulfillment is you're placing it. It's always outside of yourself. Whereas the big shift is realizing that you actually create your own happiness. It doesn't come from something outside you. You can buy a Lamborghini and then it's almost like you give yourself permission to feel good for a few weeks or however long it is. But I think the next stage of that is realizing that happiness is really a choice that you choose to feel that. And then you live from that feeling on a daily basis and do the things that make you happy, for example. So he was really explaining why 
pursuing external stuff isn't the answer. I've been on about this for a long time, actually, as a, as a theme for my podcast, that we exposed to so much marketing and Instafluence, et cetera, and you could get the impression that you're not having a great life. And just remember, it comes from within. And as uh, Vision was saying before, you don't have to chase it. It'll actually find you. So relax a bit. <laughs> Chill. It's going to be fine. Todd Herman, what an interesting chap. Uh, he talks about alter ego. He was on episode 635. What a great guest. To understand that we all have these different stages and roles that we play in life. We're not one single self. We have many selves that show up in life, and it's an extraordinarily healthy way to view ourselves because then we create context and we take a look at the context of that field and we go, this is the self that I want to show up. You know what? I don't have the belief in myself or whatever it is, but I can leverage the idea of stepping in as my inner James Schramko or inner whatever it might be for someone. And you can act through those traits. Yeah, so like I'm uh, my inner <laughs> Kelly Slater when I'm out there surfing, uh, I want to rip, you know, I want to be a good surfer. And so I show up as like, what would a good surfer surf like? And then I'd be that character. It was a very interesting conversation. I think we had some challenging back and forth on that one as well. But learning about artifacts and tokens and playing characters and understanding how that affects us from the time we're children to now as well was really interesting. Uh, Steve Mastrioni, episode 642, another example, uh, someone I met in my travels uh, at at a Ryan Levesque event, actually, and uh, an interesting guy with lots of tattoos, and he was was a guitarist, and he got on board and really started to get great results. Let's see what he said in episode 642. James, you are a huge inspiration in my life. When I am faced with a problem, I think, what would Shramko do? (laughs) Because I know that that question comes with systems, simplicity, a lot of experience. And so when I thought to write the book that day on the 21st, you were my sort of framework. It wasn't even that you created a framework. You were my framework. Wow. I mean, that's uh, what would Shramco do? I have heard that a couple of times. I wonder if that's true for you. I hope it's always a good thing. I want to be a, a good example, a role model. And I think that's one of the things with the podcast, you know, I get a fair bit of airtime with my own points of view and I'm transferring some of the lessons that I've had in life and business. So thank you, Steve. That was great. John Carlton, he came back many times. This is him in episode 651. He's a great buddy of mine. We chat privately from time to time. I learned a hell of a lot from him. Holds a very special place in my heart. You should know though, before I play this clip, that he calls me Shrek. The background to this is uh, I provided a guest training for him and on his website, instead of spelling my name correctly, S-C-H-R-A-M-K-O, he spelled it S-H-R-A-K-M-O and it ended up being Shrakmo. And when I brought it to his attention, instead of him saying, oh, look, we'll we'll get that changed. (laughs) No, no, not John. He sent me a sales letter. He sent me an email, a very long email, which was essentially a sales letter convincing me that Shrakmo is by far a better name, that I should change it for the benefit of myself and also future generations. And it was this classic Carlton thing. So let's see what he had to say in episode 651. It's always happy to talk to you, uh, Shrak. Just before you hit record, we were reminiscing about how far back we go and you know what an astonishing ride it's been and how our careers have kind of mimicked the growth of the web as a marketing vehicle. 
I'm not sure anybody is taking note, but we are historical figures, you know, still living in the era as it's changing. I mean, it's going to continue to evolve. You know, you're the big prognosticator. You know, you figure out what's going to happen around the bend and prepare for it and prepare your clients for it. I kind of just went on the ride like, wow, this looks like a good ride. Let's hop in and and see what happens. I can't even say that word, whatever it is, prognosticator. What John was indicating there is that I am good at seeing what's around the corner and preparing my clients for that. This was never more true than the pandemic. When the pandemic came, my clients were just rocketing. They were so solid. They weren't single source dependent. They weren't reliant on the offline world. They were already well and truly established with multiple traffic streams and redundancies and different product lines. I'm an expert at that. I create redundancies. I help with team and strategies. My own business is rock solid, you know, like a stable table, but slightly on an incline, right? Always innovating. I mean, it's actually a classic. If you listen to episode one to now, you will notice a change because I move with it. But what just came to my mind is forget the internet era. Like we're now in the AI zone. A lot is going to change. I know you're sick to death of hearing about chat GPT. A friend of mine, Anik Singhal, did a little social post saying, don't use it for homework. It's had 8 million views so far. I actually made a comment on that. Uh, It was like, just do the work. And it had 8,000 comments. Uh, Unbelievable. So we're in the shift right now. Be be aware of it, okay? And if you stick around the podcast, I'll continue to have guests and experts talking about it and we'll monitor and track the change. I'm not getting bright, shiny object about it. I'm not getting hyped, but just be aware, we're in another shift right now. There's no doubt about it. 671 was Ian Freestone, very special fellow. I want want to play the clip and then we'll talk about it. I think what I need to say first up is I couldn't have done it without one, your prompt, and it was quite a sneaky move to get me to read your book because it just smashed the ceiling that I had over my head my whole life, really. Like I don't come from a background that would imagine that I would never be employed by somebody. You know, I just thought that was the way life would be. So, yeah, to have your encouragement and inspiration and in this journey to have your coaching and to have you just a a few clicks away from getting your advice and picking your brains and, you know, being able to ask dumb questions and you take them seriously and just guide me through. And when I'm bamboozled by, you know, a dozen things I could be doing for you to say, just focus on this one thing. That's been so helpful. Ian was my roommate on the first uh, Maldives trip that I went on with our local surf photographer. He just happened to live in the suburb that I live in. That's the only relationship we had in common. And so I'm there my first night in the Maldives in a hotel room with in a twin chair and my guest, a guy I've never met before, is a pastor called Ian. That's all I knew. And from there, we had a great trip that week. The next year or so, I started going myself and I invited Ian if he wants to come along. And he came along and he's busy doing his church work. And I had the draft of Work Less, Make More with me. I just printed it off. I got it from Kelly Exeter who helped me write this book. And Ian and one other guy, Adrian, the only two people who read it other than Kelly and myself. I didn't send it off to 100 people or 50. I didn't want everyone's opinions. What I wanted was someone who doesn't know much about the online marketing world, which was Ian at the time. That's not true now. And he read that manuscript and I said, please mark up anything you don't understand or that you need more explanation on. And it's fair to say that it just completely rocked his world. I love seeing what he's doing now. 
He started his own online business. He's done coaching because he was inspired by the impact that I've had with him. He's just a doer and a great example of it's not too late because he's a, he's a fairly mature guy. Right? He's a little bit older than I am and just starting, but it's not too late. So good on you, Ian. Uh, what an epic episode. Again, to feature regular people is a huge highlight for me. Now, I can't say the same about the next guy in terms of not known. This guy's probably one of the more famous people that I do coach, and this is Pat Flynn. I was actually a guest on his show. I had, had him on my show years ago. I said, Pat, why don't you do a recurring subscription membership? And at the time, he sort of put it to the side, but uh, you probably heard about SPI Pro. Well, that's the recurring membership that I planted a seed for so many years ago and have uh, been on the sidelines there helping see that come through. So let's see what Pat said in episode 673. It's definitely been just how I feel like I've grown up as a CEO now, because back then I was feeling like I was a scrappy entrepreneur. I was taking advantage of some really cool things in the affiliate marketing world in a very genuine way. I was very proud of that. But now, like you said, I have live events. I have these books coming out, I've done online courses finally, and still being able to manage the family and be here for the kids too. And just very thankful for that. And also just want to give a quick shout out to you, James. You've been very instrumental in my most recent successes related to a lot of these things that I've just mentioned as a result of, you know, you helping me out in your mentorship program. How good is his sound quality? Oh my God, this guy is such a talent. Uh, what he's doing now with his Pokemon channel how he treats customers and his team and how he is a great family man. He's actually a real role model and tremendous sort of just a great person to know, a good friend. Uh, next up, Nir El. I often like to bring authors onto the program. It's a great shoe-in if you have a podcast and you like a book. You can actually reach out to someone and say, would you like to be on the podcast? I've got an audience. They'd love to hear from you. They love buying books because you do like buying books. I know you do because every time we publish a book, the author says they see a spike in sales. So I want to say thank you. If you keep buying the books, I'll keep getting the authors. They'll keep saying yes. So we're on a winner. Let's hear what Nia said in, uh, Nia as in Nia, not far, N-I-R is how you spell it, 682. The first step to mastering distraction and mastering our behaviors, you know, making sure that we do what we say we're going to do in life is to make sure that we can master these internal triggers, these uncomfortable emotional states. Because if all behavior is prompted by a desire to escape discomfort, that means that time management is pain management. It's absolutely incredibly important because you can use all the strategies, all the tactics, all the productivity hacks out there. But if you don't fundamentally understand the root cause of why we do what we do, why do we do things against our better interests, then you'll always go off track. How lucky am I to have these world-class educators? This guy's like a professor. He's fully academic, properly certified, all that stuff. I'm not. So I don't even know what to call him officially. However, they come along and they share these gold nuggets. Time management is pain management. Doesn't that ring true with the sort of stuff I talk about? Don't do all the stuff you hate doing. Hire a virtual assistant. Leverage stuff with software or 64 for it and just don't even do it at all. I mean, so all these views are, are really interesting. A lot of them are consistent with what I've been teaching. Sometimes I argue with my guests because I don't agree with what they're saying. But there was one guest that I really, really, really wanted and I tried about eight times to get on the show and it was cancelled appointments, there was logistical challenges. Finally, he agreed to be on the show. I was in the Philippines, it wasn't ideal. I had crappy internet. 
I went and waited at a shop for four hours to get a better internet connection so that I could do this thing. And he almost didn't show up to that. I was like, I was at the wit's end, but I got him on the show and I'm so glad I did so. The line quality was not good, but the guest quality was through the roof. And this is one of my all-time original mentors. This is like the superhero top shelf for me. And this was Jay Abraham, episode 683. And just as a side note, Jay Abraham shared this episode with his own audience, which was like the ultimate. That was like really just a highlight for me. You are very interesting. So we should try to talk. I'm very impressed with the way your mind works. And it sounds like you're having a good time, which is it's more than half the battle. It's really the majority of it. If you're having a good time, everything else flows from that. I'm impressed with you. The quality of your questions and the respect that you extend is remarkable. And it's very appreciated by me. But I hope that my answers give clarity, not just to you, but to your listeners. And they give inspiration but also they give a context that very little happens in the world if you don't make it happen. I mean, this guy changed my life. His early books, I, I stumbled across 1995. One of the reasons I'm on the internet is I went searching for one of his books to recommend to someone and I got opted into some rich chef friend funnel back in the day and then they turned me into an affiliate on ClickBank and that's how I learned all this stuff. That was my first affiliate program was selling Jay Abraham stuff. And I don't think I've shared much about that story. But when Jay Abraham's saying nice things about me, I mean, that's just amazing. And I just want to put a highlight on this. More than half my income now comes from revenue share deals. And again, in my private conversations with Jay, he shared with me some advice around them. He gave me some information that he'd recorded but never published to go through. As part of my research, I went through that. He said that he wished he did more of those deals. I paid attention to that. It was about almost seven years ago. And within the last seven years, it's been able to make a big impact for me. So I can't thank Jay Abraham anymore. Like it's just, there's nothing else that I could say that would uh, elevate him. Of course, follow all his stuff. His information is incredible. And if any of the stuff he teaches in some way is uh, reflected in what I do. It's because he was an original source. He was one of a few original sources of where I really vibed with and just got the hang of and worked it hard. And I always credit him. This is something he's actually very appreciative of because a lot of people rip him off blind and don't credit him. I always talk about Jay Abraham and I'm happy to give him plenty of spotlight. Episode 708, some, some locals, I've uh, met at an event, became members of my community. There's a uh, couple of sisters who were in my community and I wanted to put them on the show, 708. He had so many action steps as well from that. And it just felt, you know why it was, it's so great having those trainings is because it makes you feel really supported and it makes you feel like that your ideas are validated as well and that you are on the right track. Because sometimes it can feel like you're really alone in business. And I think having that external point of view where we can like just ask you a question, James, and you're like, yeah, I like this. Even like that kind of answer yeah. just makes well, it feel really good. And from someone who's done it before, right? Yeah. Like that's the best thing. You learn from someone who's done it, achieve what you want to achieve. The Merrymaker Sisters, what a pair, great guests. They were talking about the training and the ability to have some um, back and forth with me and my community, which obviously helped them at the time. And it's good to have them talking about it to other podcasts listeners, because maybe they're not aware of what I do. I, I probably don't promote too much. Maybe you're laughing at that or maybe not. Some people literally don't know that I offer a, a membership at jameshramko.com forward slash join, but you do now. Now, Rich Sheffrin, 
Guest number uh, 714. I mean, this guy was the first guy I opted in for a name squeeze. He turned me into an affiliate. I was looking through his material when I still had a job. So he really was an OG. And then he disappeared for quite some time. And then he's back now, which is great to see. Let's see what he said in 714. A model that was once described to me as be, do, have, you know, and you can kind of put that order in different orders. You could, you know, be, do, have, you can have, do, be, or the other way, whatever the other way is. Um, So let's see, Uh, have, do, be, right? Like, so have, do, be is like what you could say are a lot of opportunity seekers or dreamers in the world. They believe that if they had something, they'd be able to, well, yeah, do something. And then because they had that thing, they'd be able to do that thing and then they'd be that thing, right? So that's a dreamer philosophy because they're waiting to have something. The doers in life, which I would have considered myself one, was more a do-have-be. Like, I'm going to do certain things that's going to get me certain things and then I'm going to be a certain way. Like, I'm going to do these things, I'm going to make this money and then I'm going to be happy. Or I'm going to do these things, I'm going to get known and I'm going to be happy or whatever. So do have be. And I found that that's a great recipe for getting shit done. But it doesn't really work that way. What you do and what you have doesn't necessarily make you happy. You kind of kind of have to be do have. You got to be the thing first. And uh, while that won't help anyone right now make more money, that's what I had to kind of figure out in a much deeper way than I'm explaining it now, which is why it didn't take a week. It took a couple of years. But uh, yeah, that was some deep reflection as to how I wanted to proceed with the rest of my life. Got it. So a bit of a tongue twister there. But what Rich was saying was you be the person and do the things and then you'll have. And I think that actually perfectly describes how I'm living now. I I be the person I am. I do the things I do, the podcast, the membership, and I have the things I have, which I'm actually happy with. I'm really happy with life. Uh, I don't think everyone can say that. So, of course, I'm very grateful for that. But speaking to wise people like Rich, they just reinforce these ideas. So hopefully there's a takeaway for you there as well. 718, Rhonda Britton, you know, she was on Oprah. She's very famous for, again, a lot of this mindset stuff. But seriously, it's at least a quarter of what I do is the mindset. So let's see what Rhonda said in 718. You know, one of my philosophies is if I feel desperate, because that's one of the things that happens to me on my wheel of fear, I start feeling desperate. And when I feel desperate, I know, do not act, right? Do not act. Do not make a decision because it will be bad, right? I have to get centered. I have to get awake. I have to get aware. I have to be okay with yes and no. I have a chapter in my book, Fearless Living. If you can't say no, your yes means nothing, right? Can't say no, your yes means nothing. If you can't say no, your yes means nothing. Build your no muscle, that's for sure. What an energy ball. I love Rhonda. She's amazing. Peter Shaw. This is really my go-to mindset guy in terms of where I send people if they need some figuring out. He was an NLP trained expert. He's a wonderfully creative guy. He sends a super six email every week. You should get on that list because it's brilliant. And uh, let's see what he had for us. You get better at dealing with scary things. So the world does become less scary over time. That willingness to go outside the comfort zone, if you can train that, then things become less scary. You become more robust and able to handle things. But scary things don't go away. They just become more nuanced. And you've got to be very careful on a scary and exciting journey that you don't just go down for the stuff that you like and ignore. So if you've got scary stuff in relationships, but you ignore that, then at some point you're going to have to turn around and face it and it will look very large. So trying to pursue the scary and exciting that's in front of you 
but over time, make sure that you don't miss any area of your life. Such good advice. I mean, I know that's true. I can go out and paddle out in bigger waves and more treacherous conditions and feel very comfortable and relaxed when in the beginning that, that was frightening, like, you know, intense. And then there's different parts of life. I've, I've also done the relationship thing and uh, the business thing. There's always going to be difficult things to face. Uh, my question is, are you doing some scary things on an ongoing basis to make that scary thing smaller or are you letting it build up into a monster? 783, Kevin Rogers. I love this guy. I mean, I was really there helping him set up the copy chief in the very beginning. I've watched him go. He's like an absolute industry legend now, of course. He's funny and he's great at copywriting. So what, what better combination? And of course, he's handsome and has good taste in music. Let's hear from Kevin 783. What I discovered, James, was something you've helped me with as well in our coaching is more is not always more. You know, I'm a creator. I'm a creative. I like making new stuff. I get lots of ideas. I'm pretty fast to implement. And I built a surrogate team around me whose mantra was make heaven's visions reality. And so as a result of that, too much goodness. There was a lot of stuff everywhere. So you had Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of cool rooms, plenty yeah. of oompa loompas. And it's kind of one of those things, you know, whenever anybody would decide not to re-up with the membership, we always heard the same things. Not you, it's me, but, you know, there's just so much good stuff. I feel guilty for not using it, so I'm just going to quit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, that's not ideal. So true. Less is more. You know, it's not an accident that with my new membership at jamesramco.com, the key feature is the playbooks. I put a one-page concise playbook in there very regularly. And we've actually built up quite a library now and I keep putting them in there. But you can use this one playbook to do a thing, whether it's to make a sale at a high price, whether it's to do social video marketing, whether it's a coaching framework, etc. So these playbooks are the feature, not hour-long training calls, etc. That, that's the old way. Forget it. We're in the micro-attention age. So it's about the connections and it's about bringing together those people, but also the very, very concise information. And of course, some people have access to weekly group calls with me, which I really look forward to and they really look forward to. 791, Perry Marshall, again, like a massive famous name. When, when I was starting online, this guy had the definitive guide to AdWords and now he's on my podcast. Can you believe it? Like this is the blessing of a podcast. Some of these names, they're just blowing me away. So let's see what Perry had to say. You need to have recreation. If you don't have recreation in your life, you are screwing up and your recreation needs to be just as stimulating as your work. If you're a hard driving, creative type A, make it happen person, you're not going to enjoy just playing Scrabble or, you know, quietly reading a novel while you sit in a lounge chair like James. You go surfing every day. Right. And see, life can be so much more enjoyable when your recreation feeds your creativity, which gives you enjoyment, which then feeds your business, which enables you to have more recreation. It becomes this virtuous circle yep. and you suddenly find you're a lot more successful than everybody else and you're having more fun. Amen. He's so right. You know, life without surfing for me is very sad. When I broke my ribs... I was sidelined for about six weeks. Well, officially six weeks. I, I think I was surfing after three, but I re-cracked them a bit and ended up being about eight weeks. It sucks. So play hard. Work hard, but play hard. There's so many people just missing out on that. And, and Perry backs me on this. So what a good guy. 
Oh, John Murillo, episode 797. This guy's famous for the Built to Sell. Again, another book author. I was just like a hero. And uh, to get him on the podcast was good. And one of the interesting things is he enjoyed the experience so much. He actually started Built to Sell Radio after our podcast and asked me for some tips on how to go about setting up. So I was right there at the beginning. I think we sort of inspired it. You know, the old expression, revenue is vanity, right? So I think it's very, very common, right, for us to have some sort of external measure of success and a $10 million revenue business is good a number as any that you want to chase. You know, I would encourage anybody to think about why that's an important number for them and what that will do for them. Because a $10 million business that's got three clients that represent 80% of the revenue is largely a worthless business. Word. Yeah. We were talking about the, you know, the mythical $10 million revenue target. I mean, it's not mythical. I mean, of course you can achieve it. And I've had plenty of students achieve that. I've had at least three or four that I know of. That'll be Ryan Levesque, Ezra Firestone, Chandler Bolt have all gone past $10 million and good for them. But you've got to be careful what you wish for, right? Because your your businesses are going to be a different business than when you were doing a million dollars a year. So that's what we're talking about. A lot of people set that as the goal, but haven't really thought through what that actually means in terms of responsibility and complexity. 799 with Nigel Moore, this uh, redheaded IT expert, followed the membership system very well, super, super successful in that niche. And he's done such a great job with it. Let's have a listen to Nigel. I was going along, kind of enjoying some of the journey, kind of not enjoying other parts of the journey and overcoming challenges and getting smashed with challenges and dealing with all sorts of craziness. And one day, one of my friends introduced me to your world and it was June 2013 that I first joined. And so once I saw your world and went, holy crap, there's this person here who's gone and built some businesses in the past and is going and helping and teaching back and giving back and built an entire business out of giving back. I'm going to go and watch this stuff and I'm going to go and mirror and learn what I can about this. And that kicked off this entire shift in my trajectory in in life towards where we are now, where we've got an amazing seven-figure business doing um, awesome stuff for our clients and growing every day. And it all comes back to that chance encounter of one of my friends introducing me across to your world to see that you can go and build an impactful, giving, fun, leveraged business, helping and serving and teaching and coaching other people to literally avoid all the stupid mistakes that I'd made over the 15 years beforehand. What a character and what a legend, hey? He just found out about this world and done the job. He just got into it. So congratulations, Nigel. That's It's all hard-earned. He's also as tough as nails. This guy came out for a surf with me and massive waves and freezing cold winter uh, and we both survived and you know i saw his character that day so i'm not surprised uh, jay papasan another famous author episode 801 just show up every day and do it and you will be so much more successful than everybody else out there it's like the tortoise and the hare right everybody wants to wait and then sprint to the finish line it's more fun and more exciting but it's not sustainable that's not how you get to 801 episodes james you got to show up every day and do the little boring work that actually success is so boring when you think about it you're just kind of doing a handful of things again and again and then you don't even realize it but you're getting really good at them so I want to talk about purpose and why that underscores priority and and your productivity. I want to know the question. How do I identify my one thing? And then I've got to make a time commitment to go get that done or it's worthless. Clarity without execution does nothing. I particularly love this episode because I've been using the one thing as part of my weekly group coaching format since 2010, which is three and a half years before the book, The One Thing came out. Obviously, I'd never heard about the book. 
when I came up with this formula for myself and it was really fascinating to live this parallel life and to realize that other people had recognized that having that focus, not two things or five things, but just one thing to do between now and next week gets results. So I've stumbled across that formula. I invented my own win challenge, one thing, way of doing things. It's been going for 13 and a half years now and it's going strong. In fact, it was the most recent playbook that I published. So Jay, of course, uh, co-author of The One Thing and really great guest as well. The next guest was living across the road from me and uh, was a seven times world surfing champion in the female side of things, Lane Beachley. And I'd seen her in the surf a few times. I see her walking up and down the street, said hi. And eventually I paddled over to her in the surf and said, Lane, do you still do guest interviews? And she said, well, tell me about it. And I said, I've got a podcast and I think... Obviously, you're a massive hero to me. Uh, I like surfing. You're a great surfer. And I think your lessons in life would be really good for my audience. And she said, sure. And we were able to organize this. So, uh, of course, you may be aware she's married to Kirk Pangili from In Excess as well. So she's got this whole little famous aura around her. And she's also just a downright awesome person. So she came on episode 802. I am constantly competing with the best version of myself. And it's amazing how the best versions of us change, (laughs) Um, you know, like our values change, our expectations, our desires, our vision, that all evolve as we do as human beings. So when I think about the person I was when I was competing back in the 80s, 90s and 2000s, I can barely relate to that person because I'm still competitive and I'm still driven, but in a completely different way and also in a way more sustainable way because I was win at all costs. Yes, as you say, the desire to win was fueled by my desire to feel loved, but ultimately I determined the rules of the game. So we're talking about, you know, why we might be dissatisfied if we see other people being successful or whatever. And we're also talking about competition. I'm not as competitive as I used to be decades ago. I'm I'm more collaborative and I support others, uh, even peers, you know, I'll help them out instead of trying to take them down, right? You know, when I left the car industry, I really left behind that whole competitive pressure cooker. So in the surfing world, you know, I'd be seen more as a free surfer than a competitive surfer. I wouldn't enter a competition because I'd, I'd be happy for someone to win if they really want to win. I just want to feel good when I'm surfing. So it's important to understand that about yourself. 805 was with John Lee Dumas, who came on the scene from nowhere started podcasting every day, lining up a roster of guests. I was one of those guests and then I asked him to come on to my show and I was arguing with him at some point about recurring income. He actually classically tweeted, recurring income is overrated and then years later he said to me I was right that it is a good thing because I convinced him to switch to recurring income instead of one time. But let's see what he said in 805. He's a little bit of, you know, a pessimistic narcissist. Something I hated about your podcast was just so repetitive. I thought the intro was a parody. That was maybe the cheesiest thing you've ever done. Boom. I'm not your customer. I'm not your audience. So my opinion does not matter. So don't worry about it. I would never worry about it. This is going to be unfortunate for you to hear, but (laughs) we're more like each other than you'd want to believe. We're friends slash frenemies. I hate to say this, but after this podcast, I like you a whole lot more than I did 40 minutes ago. You're growing on me, JLD. I hate to say this, says James, but I don't hate you. (laughs) 
Uh, so what you heard there is a little bit of banter. The team were trying to put together a kind of a shock news reel, uh, make it controversial. The reality is that uh, we're really good mates and it was like a, a bit of fun back and forth. So sometimes in your industry, you'll find that person you can toy with or play with. Now, obviously, people who don't have context might misunderstand that, but it's important for me to point out JLD and I, we're tight. Uh, we've seen each other in multiple places in conferences, et cetera. We've back and forth, been on each other's shows, and I'm tremendously uh, happy for his success. So let's get on to 811, Rand Fishkin. I mean, when I came up in the online space, SEO was one of my specialties. It was one of the first things that I actually got really good at and I could start ranking things. And it was kind of like Google was a praise machine. I could do a good job, it would reward me with the result. And of course, Rand Fishkin was very famous for his whiteboard Fridays. He was at SEO Moz. And so it was kind of like a big deal to have him on the show talking about what happened because it was an unusual ending to that run. So he was on episode 811. I don't envy a lot of those folks who seem to have more success on paper or in writing. And I would urge you to do the same. Just when you see someone else who you think, gosh, why can't I do that? Uh, I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. Just turn off that switch. You can turn it off and you can make yourself a lot happier that way. And you can build something better that way because you can build it for you the way you want to build it. Maybe you're listening to James and I and you're like, I don't want to be small. I don't want to be sustainable. I want to go for growth. Great. If that's you, (laughs) there's nothing stopping you. We're not against that. But I think there's a beauty in being able to remove yourself from a comparison mindset. Yeah, so there's a recurring theme here. And it's, it's not about, I'm not saying you can't be big. And that's what Rand was saying. I'm saying be your version of your business. Have the version of life you want. Design it the way you like. Don't listen to someone else's way of telling you the way that your life must be. Like have your own version, whatever that looks like. 813, Dean Jackson. Uh, I mean, gosh, this guy's a dear, dear friend. Uh, we'll hear from him probably a little bit later in this episode, but this is an episode that we recorded together, uh, 813. That was the big realization that I had 21 years ago when I went through the exercise of, I know I'm being successful when, Mm -hmm. was where I've gone through that exercise with so many people and there's nobody has ever said, I know I'm being successful when I become a billionaire or when I have any amount of money. Nobody's ever said an amount that is how they would define success. It's an interesting thing. And I use success and happiness as that's what we're really looking for. You know, like if you're really looking for a life, that's what the purpose of the business is for, is to support or fund the life that you really want. You know, Dean is the ultimate lifestyle designer. And, you know, I had his, you know, you're being successful when list printed on my filing cabinet when I quit my job. He was the guy, right? He invented the opt-in along with Jonathan Mizell independently. They sort of both invented the same thing at the same time in separate countries or separate places. And, you know, it's just through John Carlton and Brad Fallon, I ended up being able to meet these legends and then become friends with them. And it's just truly incredible. Dean is one of those guys whose content is so good that I can overlook a poor audio version, but he's even lifted the game there now. He's got a proper studio. So look forward to some more content from him. I think we've got one coming up soon. 827 Bond Halbert. Wow. I mean, I'm not sure if you know the name Gary Halbert, but he was probably one of the best, one of the greatest copywriters ever. And Bond is his son. Uh, He's the subject of a lot of the work that Gary wrote 
was uh, talking to his sons and uh, so to form a relationship with him via John Carlton again, what a great opportunity. So when he speaks, I listen. He's very clever. He's got amazing ideas and he's got, you know, generational ideas distilled down. So let's listen to 827. You know, we met at a Carlton event, one of these events, coming back full circle to the idea of not judging people by framework. You weren't nearly as well known as you are now. And I was like, this guy is super sharp. Actually, somebody had already whispered in my ear that you were super sharp. So I sat next to you on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it was John himself. John said, hey, you want to follow James? That guy's really sharp. And so I did that. And I think you know this now because I've mentioned it. I have always followed every piece of advice you've given me. And then came back and reported to you that I followed the advice you gave me. This guy's super sharp. I'm going to start paying attention to what he's saying and stuff like that. It wasn't based on, you know, because of that fame recognition. You and I have been in masterminds together. You've been in a lot of masterminds. I've been in a lot of masterminds. We've won the samurai swords together. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And my brother voted for you. (laughs) You know, if there's anyone I'm going to tie with, it'll be Bond Halbert's right up there. (laughs) Are you? I have no idea how proud I was to tie with you. You have no idea. Yeah, he was great. The idea that he mentioned at that uh, mastermind, it was John Benson's mastermind, was a really, really good idea. And I've implemented that myself. It's actually part of my podcasting strategy. And uh, maybe he talked about it in episode 827. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but I know what it was. And it was something to do with bundling books together on Amazon listings. So he knows how to do this stuff very well. A lot of copywriters, right? We've got John Carlton, Bond Halbert, Dean Jackson, arguably, Kevin Rogers. I know a lot of these copywriters, but they're very interesting because they're always good at the psychology. They're good at the and, – and actually Rich Sheffron as well. I mean, gosh, so many of the people who I've just gone over are really good at copywriting. And I think it's a skill we all need to have, especially in the wave of AI. Rob Moore, 853, he's pretty controversial. He's kind of loud-spoken. I see him getting into spats online all the time. He's a very polarizing fellow. So let's see what he said in 853. When you're scared to piss people off, you dilute your own brand. Then you don't create polarity. Then you don't create memorability or shareability. I think also linked to being clear who you want to piss off. Now I'm clear who I want to piss off. I'm going to enjoy pissing them off. I'm really going to enjoy pissing them off. And it's really going to help my brand. I think that to be able to be clear and happy who you want to piss off, you have to have the courage to be disliked. And too many people are scared of what other people will think about them. Therefore, they never truly unleash who they are because they're scared of how they'll be judged. And I know that that's a natural human nature thing because the fear of shame and ridicule, which would basically ostracize us from our fellow tribal society, of course, that was a big risk back in the day. Mm. It's not a big risk anymore to piss a few people off. So when you have the courage to be disliked, you have ultimate freedom because you will speak your truth and you will promote your truth and you won't be held back by your perceived fear and criticism and judgment of others. And that is the greatest gift you can give to yourself. Yes, there's a lot of mentions of pissing off there. But through all of that, I think the message is, are you restraining yourself because you're worried what other people think? Gary Vee talks about that too. And it's, it's really valid. I'm pretty sure you would have noticed between episode one and episode 1000, I've probably come out of my shell a little bit. I've shared more, especially probably the last five or six years. I just go deeper in my stories. In the beginning, I didn't tell stories because I didn't think anyone really wants to hear about it. I was just matter of fact and going straight for the interview mode. Now it's a lot more conversational. I've obviously, the solo episodes like this, I'm sharing a lot of information with you. 
And I want to have more conversations like this in the future. If you're interested in it too, that's even better. <laughs> so let me know uh, if you got this far into the episode. But Rob Moore, again, you need these polarizers. You need these fun accents to listen to, to make it entertaining. Episode 888, my guest reserved this number. It's a superstitiously lucky number. He's um, someone I've been working with for a long time. Helps people import things from China, but also managed to change business model. His business model got stopped with the pandemic. And then we were able to revive it and he was able to share some information with us about that in 888 with Brendan Elias. I just want to say thank you for being a great guide and, and mentor. Like there's definitely parts of uh, my personality that have just completely, you know, been just engaged and I've learned so much from you and it's really been a great evolution. There's just no question if you are willing to put in the effort, it's just, yeah, James, you're amazing. And it's been, uh, I, I definitely would have just want to say it and I'll call it out here. I don't know if we would have you know, been able to adapt or come back as well as we did if it wasn't for the advice we got from you. So I really, really appreciate that. Like, you've, yeah, you've changed my life, not just others. So thank you for doing what you do. I mean, it's nice, really nice. I do love a good crisis management situation. And it wasn't Brendan's fault. I mean, he did in-person conferences and then he couldn't do them. So we found a way and we moved quickly. And he's very creative and he's able to work with instruction. You, know, you can't do everything for someone. You can just give them ideas, help them come up with their own ideas. That's what we did. It worked. And I'm really grateful. And he's still on board. And that's fantastic. In episode 893, we heard from Will Wang. Will is an enigmatic, creative copywriter, marketer, puts together campaigns, agencies. He's a partner of mine in a business venture. He's a repeat guest and always has great gems. He's often ranked in the top 10 episodes each year, which is something we do each year because. You know, when you're putting out 80 to 100 episodes, it's really interesting to see which ones were most regarded by the audience. So let's have a listen to Will. I was stuck for the longest time. And it actually, it wasn't me who helped myself get out of the situation. It was actually you. Because I remember I had this conversation come through with a potential client. You helped me to shape the conversation itself. And when I showed you the proposal, you know, the copyright proposal back to this client, I think I was going in at about $3,000. And you just said, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. If you do what you say you can do, or even half what you say you can do, you're going to make this client probably anywhere in the region of $150,000 to $500,000. Why are you charging three grand? Like you actually told me you're going to undervalue yourself and they're not going to go with you and go with someone who's worse than what you can do because they just think that you know, the cheapest quote is always the lowest quality. It's funny because you kind of forced me to, right? You said you have to go in at five figures at least. And I was so nervous to do that. But, you know, that one client actually changed the entire business, right? Changed my life, actually. There you go. Life-changing advice just to charge what you're worth. And also, I guess it's using an old Alan Weiss principle to value-based consulting. He's got, you know, the epic Bible on this sort of selling. And that is thinking about the outcomes you can produce. And if you can produce great outcomes, then you can charge for that. That's why with my membership at the moment, there are two levels. There's a, a membership level that's suitable if you are still sort of at the early stages and you don't have the resource to go for it. And then there's sort of the advanced one. And the amount that I charge is a fraction of what sort of outcome I can help someone generate fairly quickly too if they're the right person. So charging the right amount, big lesson, something you can repeat. So the question for you is, are you charging the right amount for your products or services or could you do with a review as I've done and advise many others to do? Now, one of the guys who was sort of the grandfathers of the internet, again, you know, we've had Dean Jackson on. Now we're going to hear from Mark Joyner, who was really behind 
a lot of the original people that I was following when I came online, he was there before them. And he's a military trained guy, very good at the psycho game as well, the psychology, et cetera. Let's have a listen to Mark Joyner. The way I see it is this, it's like the universe is potentially a growth machine. That's one of the useful ways of looking at the universe that I found quite helpful. And if you think about this, like whatever happens to you, if you just trust that it's there for your betterment, right? So even if you like do something as severe as like lose a hand, if you love that fate, there is some greater good that you're going to draw from that right now. What if the universe is totally random and there is no rhyme or reason to it and these things just happen? Okay, even if that's true, looking at the universe this way is useful because it's going to force you to find what good there is in whatever happens to you. Wow. I mean, recurring themes here, but it's saying the universe has got a plan for you and and there's something you can find in that. I guess it all boils down to yin-yang. Like my grandmother used to say that you can't have light without shade. You can't have shade without light. There's something self-contained. Every experience you're having is going to have a lesson or a gift contained within it. In uh, episode 901, that was a pretty special one. That was uh, probably the very beginning of 2022 where I got my first barrel and I was probably excited about it. Let's see what this one contains. I do this thing. I can't even explain it, but when I'm paddling, I think, I close my eyes, I think about a number and the number comes up and then I paddle that number of strokes. This probably sounds really dumb, right? But I, I came up with a number, I think it was like 38 and I paddled 38 strokes and then I just sat and waited and out in the distance was this huge big line of swell coming down and then there was no one between the wave and me and I'm like, this is my wave, this is it, this is the one. And I did the extra paddle stroke down on the, and the board that I had is probably a little small for the size wave that I was on for my ability because I'm not a very good surfer. And I somehow stuck the landing. I'm like, oh my God, I'm on the wave. And now I'm threading through the crowds. And then eventually it just starts to just arc up and I could see out of the corner of my eye, it just went up and then down to the left, I could see all this whitewash coming along. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the barrel. As I went back to the beach, I just felt this overcome with emotion. It was like eight years of build-up of anticipation, and it was so hard for me to get my first barrel, but it happened. Yeah, I mean, it was fun reliving that moment. Couldn't help but uh, notice the microphone quality is way better than my first few episodes. And it was sort of a good example of sharing personal stories on my podcast, which I've continued to do, and I've had a lot of good feedback saying... We like the stories. It's good to find out what's going on. And, you know, when I have a book like Work Less, Make More, it's important people know that I'm leaving my grinding to the barista and that I'm not slogging it out. You know, I'm actually down to 10 hours a week now since I retired my one-to-one program a few months back. And it's, it's, you know, I'm having the best weeks ever. Each week is the best week ever. And I love that. And I'm going to continue sharing things from outside the business stuff so that you can Really lock in the concept that if you have the right business model, that if you get yourself sorted out, you get good sleep, food, exercise, et cetera, you're doing fun stuff, you're letting the universe do what it does, you're taking the setbacks as they come and, and adjusting, that you're not chasing so much but letting things come to you. I mean, all these recurring themes, they're coming back into hopefully combine a really good sort of story here that if nothing else, my podcast might guide you as to some fundamental principles that could set you up to have a good life. In episode 914, we heard from another famous author 
Gino Wickman. And uh, it was great to have him on the show. Let's see what insights he shared with us. My wish for everyone on the planet is to let your freak flag fly. Okay. And so I am here to help entrepreneurs and leaders maximize their freedom, creativity, and impact on the world. And I hope they do that with humility to bring that back in from our earlier part of our conversation. So that's why I'm here. And I believe if we can all fully live from our souls and shed all that crap that screwed us up in life and just fully be us in all of our glory, which I call letting your freak flag fly, the world will be a better place. And it is possible. Imagine that. Just be yourself. It's a lot like uh, Rob Moore was saying. Just be you. Don't mask yourself. Don't restrict yourself. Don't hide yourself to please other people. Um, Recurring theme. You know, I hear this enough, I start to believe it, right? So uh, that was great. In episode 925, we heard again from Brenton Ford. Brenton is my single longest client for Silver Circle. He came on board in 2010. He's been there for 13 and a half years. He's a legend. He's a nice guy. He's also a surfer. He's crossed the seven-figure mark in his business. It's always great to have someone like him on the show because – He's a special client. Like imagine that sort of loyalty. You just, you know, when people talk about retention of three months for memberships, I think of Brenton Ford. This guy is, you know, 13 and a half years. We get on great and he always brings value and I hopefully deliver value for him. Let's see what he had to say in 925. When I first started working with you, I had no idea. Didn't even know how to register a business, I think, when we first started. But um, yeah, now I've got a I'd say a very steady, very strong business. And I mean, I opened my cupboard the other day and I found some notes and there was these 10 points that I wrote down about 10 years ago. And it was like, what I want my life to look like in the future. And one of those was living by the beach, earning a certain amount of income, being able to surf when it's good. And I look at my life now and pretty much all those things are, are ticked off. And a huge part of that is, is working with you. And I think you know, we're fairly similar in terms of the surfing and the lifestyle. And I think that's, that's why I resonated with your coaching and your style. It was the, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk, the grind, you know, putting all these long days. It just, it did not suit me. And when I was at uni, I did an entrepreneurship course and we had these small business owners come in. And the one thing I learned from that was that I don't want to be working 12 hour days, six days a week or seven days a week. Cause they looked worn out. They looked tired. They didn't seem that happy. I'm like, that is not what I'm looking to achieve. You know, even if I make a lot of money that way, cause that's not a lifestyle that I'm going for. You know, Brenton introduced me to Nam Baldwin, which was one of my favorite, most impactful episodes ever. I'm so grateful for Brenton. Also, part of the reason I live where I live is I saw a video of Brenton catching these incredible waves at Noosa, at the National Park. And I locked that in. You know, the irony here is that I put that into my list of things the way I want to live my life. And here I am doing it. So thank you, Brenton. I appreciate it. Episode 927, I got back on for a solo episode. Let's have a listen. I'm ready to be front and center and not behind the scenes. You know, I feel like I've been sitting on the sides. I coach a lot of famous online entrepreneurs. If you speak to a lot of the people whose names you know, I may have been somewhere in the background there. Lots of the guys and girls have been from six figures to seven to eight, doing really well. And some of them chime in and say, yes, I've had some help from, or they've been willing to give me a statement. But for the most part, I've been happy just to be in the background. I don't need to be super famous. Yes, I'm too late to the party for the personal brand, but maybe I'm not. Let's just see what happens. Of course, it's a hypothesis. You never really know when you make a change like this, but I feel so good about it right now. I feel 
like this was the right thing to do. I've had really, really good feedback from my audience and my podcast is ranking really well. So absolutely delighted to be able to now say, James Tramko here, welcome to my podcast. I like it. It just sounds right. Yeah. And uh, listen to me go there. <laughs> A little mini flex. I guess if, if you're not going to promote yourself, who's going to promote you, right? So that was me just getting excited about stepping out into the, the light, changing my podcast name in episode 927. And here we are. We've obviously continued on. It's worked out well. You know, the great power of a decision is in the hindsight. And when I look back, clearly I could have done it earlier, but I'm glad I made that change and I'm glad you're still here and I appreciate that very much. In 938, we heard from another copywriter, Kenneth Yu. And he was sharing uh, some of his secrets with us. My copywriting strategy is predominantly about talismans. <laughs> it's about talismans. What are talismans? Talismans are an object you outsource your belief to because it can produce a benefit or a result. So the Holy Grail is a talisman in itself, right? If you look at King Arthur's legends, it's when you drink from the Holy Grail, a cup here, it was the cup that Jesus drank from, uh, supposed to give you immortality. King Arthur and his knights of the, whole, of the round table went to find the Holy Grail and they all died in the process because it was so precious to them to have this one cup. And the key is basically, can your product or service be this cup, be this Holy Grail? When your product, your service, your personal brand is a Holy Grail or a talisman, then results become a lot quicker and a lot faster. Because when a person believes in your object, they will pay a great price for it that goes beyond what its actual market value is. So, I mean, you see that in the movies all the time. Like, you know, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's all about a talisman. It's all about the Infinity Gauntlet and the Snap, right? So it's always about a quest for a certain object. Hopefully my membership is the talisman for a lot of members. And I want it to be. I want this podcast to be something that you look forward to future episodes. But Kenneth's dropping pearls of wisdom there. And he's got some great content. He actually recorded a nice session as well at one of my live events, which is inside the membership and a, a real source of wisdom. In 950, we heard from Nils Vignet. And we've heard from him a few times now on my podcast. And I like Nils because he's just a really great practitioner. He is good at what he does, which is teach leaders how to be better leaders in enterprise companies. He came to me via a promotion we did where we help people set up a membership using click, com. Of course, I'm a partner of that platform. It's what my membership's hosted on and I love it. And he's just a case study showing what's possible on his multi-hundred thousand dollars per year business from a very low base to where it's at now is a testimony to the process but also to his ability to implement let's see what nils talked about in 950 what i would say what goes on in my mind is constant questioning of every single piece at every stage and that's why i love our private chat as well as our group calls because i don't ever have to go more than a day without getting an answer like so i it's the fastest way for me to get access to your expertise and receive the guidance and things i need so i always ask you about things one of the most important that we covered on recently was around the focus on outcomes. And this is one of those topics and one of those lessons I've quote unquote been taught by everybody I've ever worked with, anybody who's ever talked about marketing. It's just the generic, oh, you have to focus on outcomes. You don't focus on the product. 
And sure, I could hear that a million different times, but it didn't really make sense in my context with my business, with my clients, with my members until recently for a number of reasons. And what I saw, what really brought it into light was when I wrote some narrated testimonials of experiences people have had in the B2B Leaders Academy. And I shared it with you to get your feedback. And your feedback was like, uh, you got to talk about the outcomes. And here's an example of how I might tweak this language to make it much more outcome focused. And that's all I needed. I needed to see it in the context. Had you stopped it you need to make it more outcome focused. I probably would have skirted around and just kind of, you know, not done a whole lot. But because you also gave me a little bit of context and just a little bit of guidance on examples, then I could take that example and apply it to every single one of those snippets that I was writing. Right. So that was a a big aha for me. What I was doing was speaking in vague language. It made sense to me. Mm -hmm. It might make sense to my people in my program. But it means absolutely nothing to everybody else. And one of my favorite sayings is what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've never heard that before. There you go. Well, it's, it's a good point. I find often I'm having to interpret things. People know all their stuff, but uh, when, when it comes to strangers or the other parties, it needs interpretation. I think when I'm doing my podcast, I'm really trying to take what I know about the guest or what their specialty is and then translate it for my audience. And I really have to give credit to Dan Dobos for teaching me the technique of improving someone's outputs when it comes to work because he teaches people how to pass their exams. And he said the reason students don't know how to write an A paper is the teacher's never shown them an A paper. So in the example Neil just gave, apart from just telling him how it could be improved, I actually showed him how it could be improved. And, and some people may know this, maybe you don't. In my private coaching thread, Inside my membership, people can share a Google Doc with me or an email they're working on or a sales page or a webinar or whatever, and I'll basically critique it. I'll either rewrite it or make comments or put a Loom video to it, and that's one way that I can bring value and just basically implementing all the things that I know and giving an outsider's perspective. But I have enough context to understand what it is they're trying to do, but sometimes they can't see that. Another client, 952, Josh Aronoff. He is another implementer. Let's see what he said in 952. I remember sharing with you our plans for growth and our strategy and our tactics. And you kind of asked me something like, why are you only settling for something this small when what you're telling me, you clearly have a method of scaling that to a much higher level. And you helped me really point out to myself, like, do you think you may have a bit of a limited mindset in terms of trying to grow this firm beyond your wildest dreams, given your fear of who knows what it could be most likely what I think it was and still is my ability to manage a business that all of a sudden grows so large and who knows what type of safety rails are going to all of a sudden go off the rails and all that. That was one of the biggest things you helping me take a step back and realize like, In order to properly grow, it's not enough to just implement things. You need to have this entirely different mindset. It is. It's all mental. I've said this before. Isn't it amazing? A lot of these highlights are are focusing back on the mind and the way we think about things. And I really hope I've had some impression on you in the way you think about things. One gentleman who helped transform my sales by way of writing a great sales page for my membership was Brian McCarthy. Another copywriter. I know all these copywriters. Let's see what he said in 957. 
no need to be stingy with gratitude. Like that's just going to make that make everybody feel good. Like it even felt good to write it. Cause it was just like, Oh yeah. Like, thank you. This was great. And then, like, as I was even writing it, it just became more and more clear of like, what a like helpful thing it was working with you and seeing like, you know, your demeanor and how you actually live your life and all that kind of stuff. And it really was like, Oh, I might need to take the foot off the gas a little bit right now. Cause uh, James really got things figured out. And I want to do things more like that. You know, that, that was a great story because Brian had written the sales page and then he was just thinking, well, hang on, this is what James helps people get and this is how he lives his life and maybe I can make some of those changes to my life and tremendously gratifying to see those changes happen. You know, so if if you ever get trolled or someone's negative or whatever, like occasionally someone will make a stupid comment on a video that I publish, they might say, oh, yeah, who's going to take advice from a guy standing in the in his front yard? Or who's going to take advice from a guy with 10 comments, right? <laughs> you put that to the side. Think, well, you know what? I feel like I've probably helped a couple of people, so I'm just going to ignore that. Now, <laughs> here's another common theme. You know, we've heard about not suppressing your personality to please others, about uh, flying your freak flags. We've heard several people. Again, I think we're probably going to trip over one of these topics with the next guy, Chris Haddad episode 963, yet another copywriter. And he's one of those people who just posts everything on social media and he's riveting. Let's see what he said in 963. It's a really weird thing. I live a weird life in general, but I live a life where people treat me in like a famous person sometimes, or they like give me lots of compliments and blow smoke up my ass and things like that. And when I was younger, I needed that, right? I fed on that like it was candy because I had no self-esteem and I was angry all the time and I had the bipolar thing going on really hard, et cetera. So I needed that. Now I don't. I really don't care. Like I don't really care if anybody knows who I am or not at this point in my life, except for it's a useful way to build my business and maybe help some people, right? So it's good to be at that point in my life where I'm not. I, I personally think anybody who is seeking out fame for the sake of fame really needs to take a step back and think about what they're doing to themselves. Because real world fame, I think, is a toxic, toxic thing for humans in general. It's so good to hear that. I mean, I know it's a confirmation bias thing. It's pretty much in line with what I've been saying and doing. Not doing stuff for the stuff. Not chasing some made up revenue number. Not trying to be famous for the sake of being famous. Just be real. Be yourself. And and, endless amount of evidence from my guests here supporting that. Last one and a new local neighbor here, 984, Chris Dufay. And, uh, you know, again, I got him fairly early on in his career and then I've reconnected with him lately and it was great to see what transpired in that time. Let's have a listen to a more recent episode. At one point I want to make sure and want to thank you for as well, James, is like this no compromise thing is one of the most important lessons I've actually used in my life because I look at the life that I live now and I'm like, you know what? I've been able to achieve some really great things. I'm financially free. I have a fantastic family, four daughters, wife. Life is amazing. Like I'm generally extremely grateful on a day-by-day level. And that's like when I saw you, I was like, dude, I'm like, thank you. Like, honestly, bottom of my heart, thank you. Like, you're an amazing dude and you've honestly helped me. Amazing. And I think I saw him two or three times yesterday, <laughs> just driving around. I saw him with his kids off to the park. I saw him driving to the gym. Uh, it's like, it's great to have a local friend and. Uh, who obviously, you know, he holds me in high regard and I respect that he's um, gone out there and done the work. He's very disciplined and he's uh, built like a a male model because I think he was one. And uh, to see that applied into business is terrific. 
So that's sort of a recap of some of the interesting episodes that uh, I've done and my thoughts around them. The interesting thing for me reflecting on this is I've mentioned before, I don't actually listen to my own podcast. I don't listen to any podcasts. And for me to just take that 13-year tour uh, has been um, quite interesting because I'm seeing some recurring themes here. I'm going to summarize this. Find someone who can help you who's already been there and has experience. Clearly that can help. Back yourself and be yourself. Don't be the person you think you need to be or someone else says you should be. Work your own plan and don't compromise on that. And pick a good business model so that it delivers you the life that you actually want. And don't chase too hard or get stressed out when other people are doing well. The universe has a plan for you and anything that happens, you can work with that. And it is normal to have setbacks and to get back up. And if you are curious, if you ask good questions, if you take some of the hints from the guests in this podcast, I think you've got some actionable stuff. I mean, we've helped you know, millions of uh, downloads there. I have to think we've caused a few electrons to fire and some results to come. Now, I did ask my audience to send in some feedback if they wanted or some questions around the show. I want to share a couple of trivia items as well. One is the shows were never numbered in the beginning. Uh, at some point down the track, we put them all on a spreadsheet and numbered them. But before we numbered them, we put them on a spreadsheet and we did an assessment on the, the quality of the episode, uh, whether it was actually a, an episode or really just a news update. And we deleted a stack. So the, the funny thing is we probably had about 1,300 published audio snippets if, if we were to add all up the ones we deleted. But we just put a line through them and deleted. We set a no compromise minimum standard. I'm sure there's a few episodes that aren't that great in the 1,000, but I'm not actually counting any of the episodes we did with Freedom Ocean, with Think Act Get, Sales Marketing Profit, or Kicking Back. And most of those are still on jamesramco.com if you look for them. You can find all my episodes with Timbo, Ezra, and Taki. They were great. So there was actually, there's actually hundreds of episodes if you add the, all of those up. But it's not about just uh, quantity. I know Gary Vee likes quantity and speed and then a bit of quality. I'm definitely working on quality now. That's my focus. But we're still managing one to two episodes a week at a reasonable quality level. Mentioned before, we recorded episodes in cars, hotels, and sometimes I've, the quality of the guest's information is better than our connection, but I still let it run. And occasionally, if we're not getting a good content, uh, I've had people, obviously, we get pitched every day. I want to be on your podcast like every single day. And it's exercising my no muscle, like we talked about before from Rhonda. It's no. No, you can't just rock up and be on the podcast. I have a minimum filter. I, I want to make sure my audience is better off for listening to the episode. So what else? We've changed the name. We've, we've merged stuff. We've changed the hosting facility. We do have the option to run audio across an episode, and you might hear some little snippets here or there. I'm, I've never had sponsors, so to speak. I do have repeat guests because I like to go deeper with them. And I also like to track, I did case studies of people on their trajectory, like Chandler Bolt and like Clay Collins. And I tracked them as they went through. And I've, I've got another episode coming up soon with one of those to see where they're up to. And it's been interesting. I've also, as a parent, I've deliberately targeted guests who can teach us about technology, being a better parent. I got some of the best tips ever on this show. Like I know that your child wants to be like you. They want to do the same things you do. I know that too much tech is very bad for young kids, so watch out for that one. It's been great to case study non-famous people and just have real people on the show and 
I know a lot of people when they set up a podcast, they're just going for the biggest possible guests they can get. And it's great to have a hero guest or whatever. So I will ask this, like I've never actually gone out hunting down big names. However, if you've got a big name connection and uh, you can make it happen and uh, you can convince them that they should come on this show and you want to make the introduction, of course, uh, you'll get credit for that. And uh, it's something that I'm interested in now because I feel like I've earned the right to have a big name on the show. You know, I'd be interested to probably to talk to Seth Godin, for example, someone like that. I know people like Tim Ferriss don't do episodes, but I do the work. I'll study and research and I've actually got a personal story to share with Seth Godin about how he changed, revolutionized uh, some of the work I was doing in the dealership. So I want to actually share that story with him. So I might actually have to reach out to him about that. My team, I can't have a show like this without a team. My team are tireless. They take the raw materials in a drive. They edit it. They cut it up. They make the sound better. They fix up my mistakes. They edit me out when I say dumb things occasionally, you know, just because I'm going with the flow. It's like a first draft and they just clean it up a bit. They tell me when I say the wrong episode number, but I'm probably not going to make that mistake with episode 1000. They support the show with the email broadcast, all the show notes. They put it on the website with the opt-ins and all of that stuff. It's just amazing. They socialize it. We tell our guests when they're out. What a machine. I love my team. They're the best. They have been at this for years. It's a long, long time since I edited my own podcast and I'm super grateful for the effort that they've put into this. I also appreciate all my audience, my repeat subscribers, the, the networks we're on. And I think I've answered some of the questions that people ask me. They ask me, what did I find most impactful in my life? Well, I think I've shared some of those episodes and some of the insights. The guests that were my favorite, I've definitely shared some of those standouts. Jay Abraham, for example, and, and Nam Baldwin, right up there in terms of impact in my life. In what ways has it been good for me? Clearly, I've had a massive education. I've had so much of an education. I can go and target something I want to learn and bring them on the show. I've actually even made a lot of sales to guests. A lot of guests have been on the show and then become a customer, like Pat Flynn. He became a customer straight after we did our interview. He said, hey, you know, after we stopped recording, he's like, would you be interested in helping me? And, uh, and that's how it started. So if you have a podcast, it can definitely generate business for you if you want. Of course, most people in my community have heard about me or know about me somehow through a podcast, and I've got endless examples of that. What things would I still be doing now or that's working now If back at the beginning when I started? Clearly, video is very important now for us because it provides a lot of marketing snippet potential. You can also see platforms like YouTube have now got a podcast. So if you could actually go to my YouTube channel, James Shramko, and see there's a podcast playlist. They're really interested. They'll take the artwork and they're having a podcast and they want to get in on the action, right? Because other platforms have had this for a long time. So let's hear from a couple of the submissions that we got. So the first round was, was the things that my team selected that, um, that we thought were interesting for you. But we did have some submissions. I'm going to also play you um, a little snippet that I got from a client, Joan. This was in a, a membership call, but I think she'd be okay with me sharing this. My history with James is I had an accident, was very ill, couldn't move, bed-bound. I used to crawl on the floor, uh, go on the corridor and just switch the computer on and just listen to James. James actually got me up and moving. And um, my family 
they just always got used to James's voice. You became a member of the family, James. I didn't get to do much work because I was so incapacitated, but I've stuck around and that's why I said there's all sorts of things going on in the UK, all sorts of... Joan is just an amazing woman. She flew all the way out to my event in Sydney. She even brought a gift for my family and... uh, it's an honour to be a member of your household, Joan. I sincerely thank you. It's people like you that do drive me to step up and do a better job. Let's hear from a couple of others. Uh, we've got here, I think. Hi, James. Uh, Chris Bell here. Just wanted to say congratulations on your upcoming 1,000th episode. Um, it's not only a momentous achievement, but it really does illustrate the value that you have brought to countless entrepreneurs and other people looking to evolve and grow and bring value of their own to their communities. So again, thank you so much and congratulations. I just wanted to take a quick uh, opportunity here to shoot a quick video with the boss man right here to say thank you. I especially resonated with your recent episode 992 with James Swanwick about uh, alcohol and quitting drinking. That for me was key. You see, I've been following you pretty much since you started your podcast. Oh gosh, probably I can recall at least following you back as far as 2011, 12, somewhere in there and have long wanted to make a go. I've long been an entrepreneurial person, but never really was able to make anything stick. I had a handful of ventures that I started then that subsequently pretty quickly failed. And the missing key was the alcohol part. You see, I was a pretty raging alcoholic and drug addict for much of my adult life. And because of those issues, was never able to really actually make an honest go at building a business. But fast forward to today, uh, my wife and I are now four and a half years sober, and I now have a reasonably successful membership business that I'm running on Cleck.com. And I see it growing every day and see it morphing into my vision for the future, which is a really thriving business that allows me to continue to hang out with this guy a lot and be around my family a bunch and just really improve my life in so many ways. And I have you to thank for a lot of that. Thanks and keep up the great work. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I mean, wow, that's so touching. And I've had a lot of feedback on that episode that I did with James Swanick about drinking less. I don't drink much at all as well, but I'm noticing a lot of people, I had a comment yesterday actually saying that they just stopped drinking after that episode and it's had a profound impact. And, you know, it's an out, it's a sort of a slightly to the side topic, but really, as I mentioned earlier, a quarter of what I do is about yourself, self-optimization. You get yourself in order and that's exactly what Chris is saying get himself in order, and everything starts to work out. Isn't that amazing? Hey, James, I hear you're up to a 1,000 episodes of the podcast. I think I've had several. We're behind on the podcasts. I'm going to pick a time. We're going to get on the board, and maybe I'll be a 1,001 episode to start the new millennium of podcasts. So congratulations. You've done an amazing job. I love listening to your podcast. It's an inspiration. Can't wait to talk again. Thank you, Dean. You know, a truly treasured relationship. So much value every time we podcast. We're on a 25-part series there. 
Let's keep going with it. I'm sure the audience is keen for that next installation. Hey, James, congratulations for 1,000 episodes. It's amazing. I can't wait to listen to the next 1,000. Every time I listen to an episode, I learn something new. And I've been doing this now for over 10 years, thanks to you. So thank you. Congratulations. It's amazing. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for leading this industry with uh, ethical marketing, doing the right thing, providing value, helping people, creating awesome offers, everything that we are always learning from you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. And uh, yeah, well done. I can't wait to see more. Thank you, John. That's John Lint there from clickklaq.com, business partner, surfer, tremendous guy, like the most incredibly supported product, a true partnership, collaboration of alignment of values. And we just get each other. We just understand what we're trying to do and couldn't have the membership I have without John. And it's great to know that he's still (laughs) picking up some insights here and there because he's very smart. Here's a video from Greg. Greg Merrill is here and a quick shout out for Shrammy, as I like to call him, because he's a friend now. But it took, I don't know, a couple of years before we really started cementing our friendship. But back in the day, 2013, I think I first discovered him through his two podcasts, Think at Get with Ezra Firestone, but also obviously the Superfast Business Podcast. I think it was at about episode I don't know, 100 or something. And he was talking about wealthification and that incredible you know, course that he created that he just released on his podcast. And then he released Own the Race course on his podcast. And these things he used to charge money for. And he just started giving all this stuff away. You know, it was incredible for me. I just discovered internet marketing back in 2013. And this just changed my life. And from that point, ended up hiring James. And he's just really improved my business. You know, seven-figure business and working 20 to 25 hours a week just goes to show that as James is my coach for now almost 10 years, working less and making more has rubbed off and I can't recommend Shramco's podcast enough because I've listened to every episode. I'm one of those guys and I absolutely love it. So looking for the next thousand episodes, congrats, James, top effort. Just proves that consistency and commitment pays off. Well done. Well, thank you, Greg. Every episode, that's commitment. Greg is like, you know, just top shelf. He's also responsible for all the design of the logo of the podcast, the website designs. Greg is our go-to design guy for all of that. It started with T-shirts. It ended up being workbooks. The cover of Work Less, Make More, Greg is the guy. He's the guy. Studio1design.com. So there you have it from the source. Thanks, Greg. This is Ezra. Mr. James Shremko, 1,000 episodes, baby, super fast business, formerly super fast (laughs) results, I think. Anyways, let's go. Hey, man, I just want to say congratulations. Wow, what a journey to 1,000 episodes. You know, you're the hidden hidden mentor, the hidden sort of support of many people in our industry who've made it big like me in terms of being an influencer. You've been in the game forever and you just keep going. You're like the Energizer Bunny. You just keep putting out good content, keep helping people. Uh, And I can credit a lot of my early success and understanding of systems, processes, fundamental sort of business operational ideas to you. And I just want to say thank you so much for your support. Super stoked for you. Congrats on a thousand episodes. Let's go. James Shramko, baby, the man. Anyways, I'm rambling now, but I just wanted to send you this quick video to say congrats on a thousand episodes. 
and uh, keep on doing it, which I know you will. You made it to 1,000. I'm sure you're going to get to 2,000, 3,000. You can't be stopped. You're a machine. Um, congratulations, and uh, talk to you soon. Peace out. What a huge heart, Ezra. The $65 million man. He's like, you know, he's, he's pretty much the top of the class in terms of results. And, uh, but this guy is so talented and, and so smart. I remember he came to me and said, I've got this domain, smartmarketer.com. And I'm pretty sure you'll say no, but would you teach me? Would you show me how to do what you've done on that domain? And I taught him everything. I owned the race course, all the social media stuff in the beginning. But he just went way, way past. This guy's an absolute legend. He's just kicked ass in every aspect. Everything he does, software, e-commerce, well worth a follow if you haven't already gone on board. Justin Meadows. G'day, James. Justin Meadows here. Congratulations on getting up to a thousand episodes. That's bloody amazing, mate. I really admire your commitment to consistency and delivering awesome value through your podcast. It was really hard to try and think of a favorite moment from your podcast. There's been so many amazing episodes, so many great guests. I've really loved it. And all of the value that I've got out of listening to your podcast, I always get heaps of little gold nuggets. And that's helped me to build the business and lifestyle that I've got, which I love. And so thank you very much for all your help over the years, mate. Keep on going. It's awesome. Well, thank you, Justin. Um, What an awesome guy. Here's Pat Flynn. Hey, James. Pat here. And I just want to congratulate you on 1,000 episodes of your amazing podcast. Thank you for having me on as a guest a couple of times. Thank you for coming on my show. Super proud of you. Super stoked for what is to come and uh, super grateful for our friendship. Thanks, man. Thank you, Pat. Uh, wow. Look, if you're talking tens of millions of downloads, Pat's the guy. Uh, and I appreciate just, you know, being around him is uh, very educational and uh, a great symbiotic relationship. So tremendous support there. Who's this bearded fella? Hey, this is Ryan Levesque here, six-time Inc. 5000 CEO of the Ask Method Company. And I just wanted to shoot a short video to express my appreciation to James Shramko. James was one of my earliest mentors as I entered into this industry and has had a profound impact on really my career, the success of our business. And I can honestly say that I would not be here where I am today if it weren't for just the wisdom and guidance and mentorship of James Shramko. Uh, James, I just want to say congratulations on hitting your 1,000th episode of your podcast. That is quite a feat, and it's been an honor to be a guest on that podcast, and I'm looking forward to episode 2,000, 1,000 more. So congratulations, my friend. Hope all is well, and I just wanted to wish you all the best. What is it with uh, Ezra and Ryan pushing for the 2,000 episode? It just, says, it just tells you everything you need to know about how driven these guys are and and how far into the future they look massive respect for their abilities their results it's just amazing hey james i'm dr l mcnally i'm a chiropractor in the united states i'm also building a very comprehensive wellness program resource for my patients and others online and i've been listening to your podcast for quite a while I really can tell what a good relationship you have with each of your guests, how much they respect you, how much you respect them and their businesses. And that means a lot to me. It's very natural. I appreciate how real people can be about how difficult things are in the beginning, the things that did work for them and how they evolve their businesses for long term success. I also appreciate the recommendation for Click. It's already saved me a ton of money. And it really is an amazing resource for my program 
I can do so much with it now. Uh, and even my patients and clients have been amazed with the specificity and how I can serve them inside that programming. Thank you, Dr. L. McNally. Wow. And thanks also for just uh, making a mention of the platform that I've been recommending people. It's not a light recommendation. You know, I'm really invested in making sure that if I talk about it, I want people to get the experience and the result that I'm getting. And that's coming through in these. I, I promise we haven't curated or just chosen ones that mention that. I've, I've put everything up for grabs here of what we collected. So you're seeing some of the true fans come through and you can see the representation we have out there. We've got really heavy hitters, famous people. We've got regular people doing a great job of implementing it. Kylie uh, sent in a, a nice note here. Wanted to say what an amazing achievement. I admire your perseverance and dedication. I want to thank you for all the wisdom you provide in them. I know I always learn something in every episode and listen to. You ask such insightful questions of your guests and because of the high quality of your guests, we get such great value in their answers. Honestly, your podcast is one of my faves. Congrats and thanks. Thank you so much, Kylie. I appreciate that, Kylie. I do try and ask the right questions. I mean, it's not easy, but I'm going to improve on that. I'm actually going to see if I can get better questions and elicit even better answers, but I'll never let my interviewee off the hook if I can get a really juicy answer that I know my audience is begging me to ask I'll try and ask that question so that we can get the answer now Andre Chaperon he doesn't like doing videos we know that right he's very reclusive but I'm gonna read out his email that he sent me Andre takes a bow well done mate implicit in this monumental milestone is a secret to success in business and life hidden in the shadows because it's not sexy Yet this secret points to James's phenomenal success and is available to everyone who can see past the smoke and mirrors of marketing hacks and shortcuts. I don't need to say this secret because the hint is the milestone. You're an inspiration. I've learned so much from, so don't stop doing the work you do, mate. Andre, again, like Andre actually connected me to Ryan Levesque and Andre's one of the first people I learned about email marketing from about conversion tracking he is just an, an original great. He really is uh, a friend. You know, I've been to Gibraltar. We've dined next to his house, seen inside his place actually. And uh, of course, Anita, his wife, have been regular guests on the show and they've came to my event. Total legend. Thank you. And Tom said uh, he'd love to hear what's most impactful. I think we've covered that. And what guests we favorite, definitely done that. What, what stands out? In what ways has it been good? What's your approach to making things good? A thousand episodes. Wow, that is incredible. And thank you, Tom, for the support. Wilco de Krej, uh, again, another, another legend. Biggest insight I've had from following and listening is the work-life balance. Optimize happiness. Work less, make more. True. Kudos for getting to a thousand episodes. Seems like a great moment to reflect on some key points that are important. As a listener, it'd be fun to mix it up with old sections. So you essentially reply and analyze what you said in the episode years ago. More editing work. I tell you what, this will by far be the most editing work of any episode we've ever done. <laughs> I've created a monster for my team and I know they're good enough to get it done. But, and, and by the way, it feels incredibly uncomfortable to hear all this praise about me just because uh, you know, I usually make my guest the hero as per the information we heard before. And I'm not the type of person who celebrates big. I don't do big birthdays and all that sort of stuff. However, even I have to acknowledge a thousand episode is actually quite a milestone and I'm, I'm happy to just try it out, see if it fits. 
Andrew Fox, amazing man. Just to congrats on your dedication. Uh, Foxy's a, a good guy and uh, often we have private chats and I appreciate the friendship. Thank you. Chris Brown, incredible, one of the unsung heroes of the internet world. Well, thank you, Chris Brown. I appreciate that. Trevor, love this and so darn stoked to be a guest four times. Well, you can make that five, Trevor, because you're back again. Needs to be a virtual party, I think. Dan Ryan said, James, my favourite episode of any podcast is one where my name gets mentioned. Well, Dan Ryan, today is your day. It's part of my intricately sophisticated passive branding system for my non-brand. Therefore, clearly episode 796 is a breakout episode. Well, you can add 1,000 to that list, Dan. I want to make you a week. Eric Wagter, James, seriously, what an amazing achievement. Definitely one thing I admire in you is how consistent you are, having been listening to you since 2012 and having spent a year in your coaching group. I haven't got a specific question about your podcast, but I'm curious to learn if there are a few guests that shared things that made me a better person. Like so many, Eric, so many people made me a better person, but also as a family man. Yeah, the ones about parenting and relationships were critical. The year in your coaching group was one of the best years of my life. I admire how you can be so straight to the point in a very caring and gentle way. And congratulations. Thank you, Eric. And, and I, I miss you. So come back if you can or want to. <laughs> Dan Norris. He's, you know, this guy has built an entire brewery from scratch. I, I love this guy. A thousand episodes is incredible. Well done, mate. And as a creator, I admire what you do. So anything, any praise you'll send my way is fantastic. I appreciate it. Mark Whitehand. Mark, you know, he sends me really helpful tips and insights. He's a pro and he knows about this stuff. Well done, mate, and thank you for what you do in the pod. My message is this, sincere, genuine, relatable gent sharing time-honoured wisdom without hype or nonsense. Thanks, mate. Keep being you. I promise I will. I'm blessed to have such a wonderful community of listeners. And as we sort of come to the close, I, I just want to say thank you. I mean, gosh, if you've listened this far into this episode, then you're my absolute uh, true, true fan, uh, my super fan, I guess, like Pat Flynn would say. And I hope something in this episode was valuable to you, whether it's one of the little snippets that we recapped from previous episodes, whether it's a thought. My wish for you, and I, you know, I really do, <laughs> I know it's a thousand episode celebration, but I do want to make this about you. My wish for you is that you, you be yourself that you let the universe deliver you know, what it's trying to send you, that it's good, that you have a great life, that you have that work-life um, magic that is possible. And if you could continue to listen to the episodes, enjoy them. And also if there's something you want to hear about or you've got uh, some tips for me or ways that it can improve, please just send me an email. Just reply back to any of the broadcasts we send. They come straight to me. I'm there on the other end of that email and I appreciate you. What a journey. And I feel like we've got a little bit more gas in the tank. So let's see where we get with this. Thank you. This is James Schramko. 